0: welcome to purposely catholic this program is a critical part of how we assist parents with children in living up to their call to be the primary catechists and teachers of the faith in their homes over the course of our time together we'll hear from father len mcmillan and father john Mosier as we discuss matters of the faith central to every catholic family thank you for joining us well first i think we have to introduce this segment or this section Um, what wes and carla our faith formation leaders at pope saint Pius and saint thomas have been doing is Uh, asking for some input from our our young adults, our young, our youth, around questions they have. And now we've vetted it down to these few.
1: It's a great question because you can tell they think in the sense of causes. Like they're Mm -hmm. smart enough to realize one cause leads another. Um, You know what I mean? But ultimately, like a train has endless amount of boxcars, at the end of the boxcar, there's an engine that runs the whole thing and that's going to be God. So who created God? We'd say no one. God always existed. It's creation that didn't exist. Um, so we'd say, um, and the Big Bang Theory mentions this, that at one time there was no universe. All there was was God. Um, No time. So time only exists in creation. Time doesn't exist outside of creation. Well, well I was but, thinking,
0: Father, as you started that, the train analogies uh, makes me think of this. Thomas Aquinas, 13th century theologian, he, he articulates these five proofs for God. And the first proof, he argues, is called the unmoved mover. You have to have some... You have to have some origin of movement, of activity, for any other activity to exist. There has to be a source of all things. And Aquinas names that source of all things, the unmoved mover, is God. God is that constancy, that source from which all things emanate, whether, well, in the sense you were just mentioning time within creation. And he gives these other proofs uh, for the existence of God, logically arguing that. All things must have this origin. you You can't have you can't have something from nothing. There must right. be a something first. For any nothing other just thing. pops
1: into being. Right. It's unlike a hippopotamus is suddenly going to appear here. Something has to cause it, and the, the cause of all things is God. So God is not created. God is the uncreated, and God God exists outside the universe. So like Einstein, imagine this is creation, this cup. Everything in the cup is creation. The planets, the oceans, everything. Only time and space exist inside the cup. Outside the cup is no time. So that's eternal. Not just endless time, no time. So we would say God is eternal. God never was created because there's no time. So St. Augustine had this joke. So think about this. The joke is, what was God doing before creation? And the answer is nothing. He had no time. <laughs> time only exists here. So I meant it for this reason. Uh, created things only exist in the universe, um, inside our universe, outside our universe, where God, the Godhead is, uh, the fullness of God. There is no time. God is uncreated. So it's like, who created infinity? Well, infinity just exists. Oh, that's a great question.
0: Is that, Father, would you say, first thought in mind, foreknowledge versus predestination? Foreknowledge versus predestination?
1: I think that's one a- good answer.
0: Is that a good way to approach it? And
1: Well, also, um, the other problem with that question is it comes from the position that I pray to affect God.
0: I'm a controller.
1: Yeah. That I tell God what to do because God is my private servant. God, I want to make sure I get this answer. Once I on press the, the test. right
0: buttons. I get,
1: the but, result. um, like if you notice Jesus example on prayer with the old woman, mm-hmm. uh, you pray and pray and pray because you become an unstoppable force. You don't pray to change God's mind. We pray to change ourselves. Um so the question asks the question, I'm praying so that God changes my circumstance. We'd say, No, you pray because God changes you for the circumstance. So that that's
0: very helpful. I, I, I've had explain to me in that same essence, father, the God is omniscient. So God knows all things. As we just mentioned in answer to the previous questions, God God exists outside of all things. God is the source of all things. He's not He's not controlled and responsive to things. God's omniscient. So God has perfect knowledge of all that has happened, all that is happening, all that will happen. What God doesn't do is necessarily steer each discrete Event. I have a a friend, you were telling stories earlier when we were speaking of confirmation. I have a friend who has a very annoying habit of pulling in off the main service road into an entryway to a grocery store and then stops holding up traffic and waits for the Holy Spirit to guide her to the right parking place. Like, that parking place is made available for me because God's called me to this immediate purpose. Now, What's happened several times is she'll pull into that parking space, and sure enough, there's someone in the immediacy of that area who needs help, and she finds a confirmation of being steered to the right parking place. Silly example of God, God is present in all things. God knows all things, but we have free will. We have determination and decisions we make every day and the actions we take and discovery of gifts and a willingness to use those gifts we were speaking of earlier. That's free will. We have the free will to deny the truth of God as well. Tragically so, but we have that free will. God has foreknowledge of everything that is going to happen in the world for all creation. What God doesn't necessarily do is steer every discrete event in our life because we have the gift of free will. We can can make decisions that are counter to the purpose of God. We have that free will to do that, the freedom to do that. So our prayer is constantly one of revelation. Lord, show me your will for me in this moment. Show me your will for me in this moment. We should still pray intentionally for outcomes we'd like to see, the healing of a a loved one or um, some success that we're praying for. But our prayer ought to be encapsulated within, within the notion of, God, your will be done. Help me to know your will. That then is going to be the satisfaction of the prayer.
1: Yeah, I don't like when people pray so that God is their personal servant. Yeah, Um, I'm the servant of God. Here's what you need to do, God. I thought this through. This is... (laughs) is Let me give you my orders. (laughs) Let me me give you your orders. I pray to become something. Right.
0: Hopefully that's an adequate answer for that good question. I would first ask who's uncomfortable. Are they uncomfortable or are you uncomfortable in their potential awkwardness or discomfort? You know, we're called to live authentically in our faith. That's a courageous act every day. That doesn't mean we need to be standing on the corner of, you know, Sherman and seventh screaming out scriptural passages to people that there's a vocation that some people are called in to do that. God bless them. Most of us, don't have that particular vocation. What, what we are asked to do is live our faith. Live our faith in accordance with the formation we've s- seen, we've received, in the, and the catechism that we've received. Be authentic in living out our faith, which is compassion, which is humility. But standing in the truth of our faith, we needn't apologize for. Stand in the truth of your faith. There's objective truth in Christianity. There's objective truth in Catholicism. And we needn't, Feel awkward about standing in that truth.
1: Read read the question again, because that's the. the, I like the bravery question that you need to be brave and stick to your faith, but what did it have to do with love again? Well, okay. John's John's position is A, I don't really think you should look to make people uncomfortable, but you shouldn't ever shy away that people are uncomfortable. That's part of life. I will be authentic. I will not change myself to make you comfortable. I'm not aiming to be make anybody uncomfortable, but I will be authentic and honest on who I am and who I hope to become as a truly loving person. Um, yeah, I want to bring the love of God to people, but I want to I wanna truly love people with all my heart, mind, and soul, even if that makes them uncomfortable.
0: That could be the most loving thing you do. Right, look yeah. at Mother Teresa. Yeah, she brought the love thing. of right. God
1: to many people. She didn't proselytize to him. She didn't say, you know, threaten him, but she brought the love of God to him in a very brave way. Um, why would you be afraid? Life is too short to be a coward. Be loving and authentic. The church's stance on the death penalty is that uh, the church is against the death penalty. Now, remember, we worship Christ who was sentenced for a capital crime. Um, uh, that was a death sentence. Um, so the church is pro-life. We are against the death sentence. Now, there, I have to admit... Um, <laughs> I have a friend who's very much for the death penalty because they deal with some really terrible people, but I know this sounds terrible, but look at the story and I, uh, Maria Goretti and, um, Alex Alejandro, Alejandro was a horrible, horrible person. And this priest would go to visit him and, um, he would spit at him. He would do worse than spitting at him, but, uh, Anyhow, um, Ria Gretti comes to him in this prayer one day and gives him these white lilies, the same number of white lilies that she was stabbed with. Mm. And every time he received a white lily, um, his body burned. Anyhow, um, after that dream of her coming to him, he was converted. He becomes this model citizen. Um. He is eventually released and a week later, he goes to Maria Gretti's house and knocks on the door to Maria Gretti's mother and Maria Gretti's mother says, Maria forgave you. I forgave you. My only question is, what took you so long to come here? And he would uh, go to mass with Maria Gretti's uh, mother. She adopted him as the the child she never had. And until the day they died, they were always together. He became this gardener in this Franciscan um, monastery. And um, he has this great conversion. Um, Even when Marie Goretti is named a saint, Alejandro and her mother were both there together. Um, They became inseparable. Now, even Alejandro, horrible murderer, he was actually converted. So my position to my friend who people who've done horrible, horrible things. Um, well, so did Alejandro. And there was a chance that he could be saved.
0: Well, oh, are two, I, di- two different questions. No, no.
1: Okay. Let's, we can answer that one. Yeah. The bro. Bible is clearly a product of its time. (laughs) It has a lot of history in it. Um, But it's also timeless. The wisdom that's in it is timeless. Even though the stories are tied to a specific time period. And we, as Catholics, uh, the word Bible means library. So that's it's a collection of books. It's not a book. It's a collection of books. In the same way if you stepped into a library, you don't read the newspaper the same way you read fiction, right? And or poetry. And poetry can have truth to it but not be literally factual. Um so the Bible does have factual truths in it, but the Bible is mostly poetry and wisdom. So the Bible is never meant to be this um, recipe book of you just follow one line and there you go. It's not an instruction manual that drives me up a wall. It's a book of wisdom Um, and you have to read it. And as a book of wisdom, it won't give you a list of to do things. It does in certain parts. That's true, but it's more of a, this product of wisdom where if you reflect on it, it gives you truth and wisdom. And what you see is, like, you want to be very careful. Catholics would never quote just one, well, I should say, we would rarely just quote one verse. Right. You have to take it in context. So take, for example, slavery. Uh, you can make the Bible say anything you want, taking it out of context. So with slavery, does God permit slavery? Well, actually, after Exodus... God says, you were slaves, and now your job is to free other people from oppression. But Literally, God doesn't say end slavery, but he does say, you know what it's like to be a slave. You yeah, will end oppression it. for others. And then what you see in Leviticus is this progression where, um, okay, you can be have a slave, but slavery is not like the Deep South slavery. You can have a slave, but only for so many years, and then you have to set them free. Um, and people would sell themselves into slavery for a job. So it was more like a... But you, then you'd have to set them free. And you weren't allowed to abuse them. And then it changed to, well, you have to set them free, but then you can only... Um, you can't have Israelite slaves. And then you can't have... um I forget what the next step is. Male slaves. So what you see over time is God evolving human beings that... Oh no, slavery is wrong. So sometimes if you read the Bible, you don't want to take one verse. You want to take what God is doing throughout the story, kind of evolving humans to say, Hey, wait a minute, all that is wrong. And then once you see that you realize, Oh, that's what he meant when he said, end all oppression, you are slaves. It takes a while for us to get it. So I would never take one verse. We right. have to take the for verse one in context.
0: Book. In fact, for a Catholic, an important document we should all reference at some point, <clears throat> written by the church fathers in the mid-60s, is called Dei Verbum, 1965. Dei Verbum, the Word of God. And that short document explains how, as Catholics, we interpret scriptures. How do we read the Bible, this library of wisdom? How do we engage it? How do we understand revelation in reference to Genesis. How do we do that? How are they tied together? How does the Old Testament provide a body body of insight and knowledge? How does the New Testament do that? How are they integrated? How does the new look to the old and the old? How is it embedded in the new? And you see that as you read through the books of the New Testament. Our Lord himself constantly referencing Old Testament scripture. Well, he's the word of God come alive. But for a Catholic, we're not literalists. We don't read the Bible uh, as a a. Uh, As in its entirety, its factual description of events, Uh, there are examples and parables and allegories and references made that are illustrative in what they teach us. But as Father said, we we don't just extract a word, a verse, a phrase and say, well, there it is. There's a universal teaching. No, it has to be understood in the context of that particular book, that moment in time, the writer the speaker of the person captured in the story and then understand that within the total uh, uh, revelation of God's wisdom through Scripture from beginning to end.
1: And the other thing is just because you can quote Scripture doesn't mean you're speaking any truth. I so know. the Satan can quote Scripture but he can't hear the Word of God which makes you think, okay, well, what's the difference between Scripture and the Word of God? Simply the fact that Satan knows scripture better than us. He can quote it better than us, but he can't understand its meaning. Mm. That's the word of God. So Satan can't hear the word of God. Just the fact that you can quote one line from scripture doesn't mean that you can actually understand its meaning. All right, I'm taking your pandemonium cup because I'm afraid I want to wash it. Yeah, I don't want to walk out with it. Huh? I want to wash it and put it in a special place for you.
0: We've received thousands of questions, but they've been vetted down to these very few. We had to toss out a lot, Father, and I And uh, I just have to say brilliant questions. How are the Packers going to do? I, that one we had to toss. That that, that student's going straight to MIT, as far as I can tell. Now but you can that, see brilliant. <laughs> <laughs>
1: clearly engineering that is probably younger okay so um, if you're
0: 15 asking that question that's (laughs) it's interesting you would ask that
1: question oh that's it okay great thank you
0: all right work with that edit it down to (laughs) yeah let's chop that off